At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Are you looking to grow your service business? Visit nicejob.com. NiceJob is reputation marketing software, which will help your business collect two to three times more reviews on Google, Facebook, and the platforms that matter. You'll also get automated marketing tools to help you share that social proof to get more leads and sales. New signups can get $50 off when they mention the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Visit get.nicejob.com to learn more. This podcast is sponsored by The Master Group, and we've locked down a guest to talk about branch life. I'm really excited about this podcast interview opportunity because I'll tell you why. It's super important, and I've said this in the past, it's super important to have these really good relationships with your counter people because one day you're going to need a favor, right? It's going to be 4 o'clock on a Friday and something went down and the customer's pissed and these guys are the ones that are going to help you. These guys are the ones that will do you favors and call other branches and and make sure they they do their best right i've seen in the past if 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 someone at a at a particular supply house does not like the technician that comes in they won't do them any favors trust me i've seen this it's all about that that human connection thing right if they have a connection with you rapport with you they're going to want to help you anyway guys this podcast is sponsored by the master group check out master.ca What's up, guys? I'm cruising hands-free, and the reason I'm doing the podcast like this is because I have been so busy lately, it's unbelievable. Uh, I'm going to tell you, like, this podcast here is about redundancy backup, and I'm just going to give you a story of my day yesterday and let you know why it's so important to have backup in a critical situation, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more. Uh, Right now, I'm heading out to a job. There's a a Dakin unit that has a leak in it. I got to fix the leak. All right. I got to pull the gas out, fix the leak, get it under a pressure test, get it under probably an overnight evacuation and charge the thing up. I'm having uh, a Dakin train tech come by to hook up his laptop uh, after the repair is done to make sure everything is running. Okay. So that's what I'm doing today. Um, I had a podcast guest scheduled they canceled, and then I got on on the on the phone or on the, the the laptop with Travis Matthews, not Trevor Matthews, Travis Matthews, who's out in Western Canada, who does some work like remotely all over the place. And he was in a hotel room; his signal wasn't very good. So now I'm left doing this hands-free, cruising out to this job site, and I'm going to get into redundancy and backup and why it's so important and give you real life examples of my day yesterday. All right, guys, this is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, 
Gary McCready will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. All right, so here it is, guys. Tight maintenance. It's tight because it's priced competitively because we have a lot of people breathing down our throats and so does everybody else in a competitive market. And it kind of sucks because it drives down the cost of these maintenance contracts. The I guess the customer benefits financially from that, but they don't benefit... I just hit a pothole. <laughs> they don't benefit... They don't benefit in the fact that their maintenance is being done properly because what what they don't know is that the same amount of work cannot be done for less money. They just see a price and they have a budget and they try to match the price with their budget, right? That's the way it usually works and, and, and it sucks, but that's the nature of the beast in a competitive market. So here's an example of how you can turn things around for yourself if you're doing a PM contract that's like that. So for instance, we were at one the last couple of days and and my redundancy conversation pertains to this building as well. So we were there. uh, There's, I think there's like 20 rooftops. I think most of them are 20 tonners. There's six walk-in boxes that have backup units. So there's 12 condensing units. There's about 20 EVAPs. There's a couple of ductless splits in the building. And, and really we have the, I mean, really we have the, the day to, to change the belts and filters uh, for a couple of guys and do a mechanical inspection. So here, here is where, here's where the magic happens. Third unit I looked at, the breaker's trip. Now, I stop. I do not try to troubleshoot that during the, during the contract because there's no time allotted for it. If I, if I troubleshoot that during the time I have in the contract, I am going to miss maybe some other stuff I'm supposed to be doing. Right, So I pick up the phone, I get in touch with the person that's in charge of the building as far as maintenance goes. Right, I let them know that there's a problem with this unit. This is the spring startup. There's probably going to be some problems with more. There's a lot of equipment here. Let's open up a blanket troubleshooting PO. That when I come across the unit, now I can stop and take the time to troubleshoot properly to figure out what's going on. And he agreed. Right, Reasonable people agree with stuff like this. Because they understand, especially if it's a person that understands how maintenance and fixing things when it's broken actually saves money in the long run, right? You ignore stuff and you don't fix it for a thousand bucks, it might cost you 5,000 later is, is the way I look at Pay me now or pay me later is, <laughs> is a term that, that you, you hear a lot, right? So anyway, we opened up that blanket PO. We found a, a dead blower motor. Uh, we found a bad dehumidification board. We found a dead compressor on a condensing unit. And there's one other thing that someone else has to go back for because I'm super busy. And it was a condensing unit. Uh, the backup condensing unit for one cooler was not running. And we knew that because we switched it over. Or sorry, it was an alarm when we got there. Switched it over to the other one. Found that it cooled. But the one that was an alarm was sitting there for a couple of hours and it just wouldn't bring down the temp. So we knew it wasn't running. We know there's further troubleshooting that needs to be done. That guy's going to go back uh, today and he's going to go with that blanket PO and troubleshoot that machine. So anyway, that is sort of how you get around these tight maintenances. If you can, 
Hopefully you have understanding customers that, that know maintenance is important and will allow you to open up that blanket PO for troubleshooting. That's the way I handle it and this is the way I've been handling it for years. And once you get that blanket PO, it's like a sigh of relief. It's like, take a deep breath. Yes, now I have time to sit and do things properly. I don't mean be lazy, but just be thorough, right? And, and go through the steps. So anyway, let's talk about why redundancy is important in critical environments. Okay, so this building, as I mentioned, has six walk-ins. Four of them are coolers, two of them are freezers. All right, so we go in after we do all the roof stuff to do our walk around, initial walk around of the walk-in boxes, go in, make sure the, the fans are all running, make sure there's no freeze-ups on the evaporators, you know what I mean? Make sure everything's down to set point. Look for visual cues that could be an issue. And did we ever find visual cues <laughs> that were an issue? And this is why backup is, a, is important. So each one of these freezers and coolers have backup. Every single one. And the backup is 100% redundant, meaning that it can handle the load. If the primary unit fails, the backup unit can handle the load. So first freezer, that's an issue. Open the door. Uh, this is a plasma freezer. It's maintained at like minus 32 degrees Celsius. It's very, very cold in there. And I find in these plasma freezers that are that cold, you can have moisture that gets in there. It sticks around the fan blades during the defrost cycle and the fan does not start back up. The fan does not start back up because it's caught on the ice. Now, routine cleaning is needed in this cooler, but their maintenance guy left and they haven't replaced them yet. So the ice has not been cleaned on a weekly basis around the fan blade. So it got stuck. Open it up, it's stuck. But the other unit was running and it was maintaining temperature, right? Because if that primary unit with the stuck fan blade can't maintain it because of that fan, the other unit takes its place and maintains the temperature in that box. So we, we cleaned that up, we got that going. Problem solved. Next cooler we walk into, there are four evaporators, all right? Two condensing units. So each condensing unit has their own two evaps. So two of the evaps are not running. Each one of these evaps have three fans. We go in, it sounds quieter than normal. And I look up and I go, wow, there's two evaps not running. Go over to the two condensing units with the controllers. And again, the backup unit is running. Now it's set slightly higher. The backup unit was set for five degrees with a, I think a two degree differential. So it would maintain between seven and five degrees Celsius where I believe the primary would maintain uh, between four and six degrees Celsius. So it was at seven degrees when, when we looked at the controllers and I'm like, wow, the, the backup's holding this, holding this in position uh, because the box, I think is somewhere between two to eight degrees Celsius is the, is the range of the box. If they go outside of those ranges, they start getting alarms. So the Q&A or the quality assurance people were not getting alarms because we were in the range, right? And, and this is where backup is good, but it has a downfall in a way because now you don't know there's a problem until there's an alarm. And, and that's one of the, that's one of the, 
the things about backup you have to be careful with. And someone's got to monitor to make sure that the temperature's not climbing. And you can see this with trending. So backup is good, yes, because it maintains the box. It keeps the product in there from spoiling. But it has its downfall in the way you, you might not know there's a problem with the primary because the backup is now running. So that's why it's very important to be checking up on these things. So what we found was the breaker had tripped for that system. We went over, tried to reset the breaker, like tripped right away. I'm like, geez, this sucks. So go over the condenser unit, open up the panel. The contact was welded closed. We shut the disconnect off to that, to that specific condensing unit, right? And then we go over the breaker, reset it, and it doesn't trip. So the problem lies within that condensing unit because now we've isolated it, right? So this thing is up on, a, on, on shelving in a warehouse. There's two condensing units. One is low and one sits high. The high one's about 10 feet in the air. And we had to get them to move a bunch of product for us so we could roll this stair ladder in. It's like a, basically a set of stairs that's on wheels and you can walk up to about a 10 foot height and it's got railings on the side of it and all that so you can stay safe. So we rolled that over, contactor welded closed, unwelded the contactor, checked at the load side of the contactor for the compressor. It was open and shorted to ground. And then every time I, I see that at, at the load side of the contactor, I don't trust it as being the compressor right away. I, I go to the compressor because it could be wiring that has come loose, wiring that's shorted. Maybe the wiring's come off the compressor terminals. Go over to the compressor terminal itself. It is well intact. All the wiring is well intact. Check right at the compressor. Same readings. There goes the fire truck. Same readings. So the compressor's dead. Right? Imagine we only had one unit. This is a big box. This box is probably 30 by 50. 30 feet by 50 feet. And there's a lot of product in there. So if we had one unit and that unit went down because of the dead compressor, and this is pharmaceutical too, by the way, they would have to call in a couple of reefer trailers to load all that stuff into in an emergency situation. And reefer trailers is not, it's not one and done in a lot of cases because there's a validation process with pharmaceutical and if the reefer trailer is not validated to be working correctly and validated to, to have the, the right temperature and all that, there can be issues. So there's a lot of these weird ins and outs when it comes to pharmaceutical. So the backup saved us. Now we're only relying on one unit because we have a dead compressor. I've called, uh, called three suppliers for a price on the compressor. And it doesn't seem like it's a stock item. And it seems like this might have to be ordered in. I haven't even gotten a call back yet because it's not even in the system. So it looks like it might be like an OEM non-stock item. And now we got to wait for this thing. So now we got to rely on that primary unit. Let's cross our fingers that it's going to be okay. But because we had backup, we held. We held. And because we had backup on that freezer, we held. So I'm going to tell you one more story that pertains to this building as well as far as backup.
All right, guys, I'm still on the road, but this time I'm on my way home. This is a couple of days after the rest of the podcast. So, guys, Navac is having their summer promo, and they've done this promo before where they give out three, or you get to pick two of three free choices. So, half-inch hose, three-eighths hose, and those are vacuum rated, by the way, or a core removal tool. So, you buy a qualified pump, vacuum pump, you get to choose two of three of those items. Go to navacglobal.com for more information. Danfoss on their Ref Tools app has this new feature where if you guys are working on any electronic devices that Danfoss, like their controllers, now they have a fault finder there for all of their fault codes and alarm codes. So if you go to the Ref Tools app, then you go to the troubleshooting section. On the bottom right, there's a, a little controller there, black controller. You click on that and then it gives you all of the options to choose from if you're troubleshooting alarm codes on a Danfoss controller pretty cool so the the other thing here guys is we're doing some work with haven iaq by zoa and basically they have a induct system that allows you to monitor the air in your home humidity temperature pm 2.5 which is particulate matter at 2.5 micrometers and vocs like chemicals in your home i don't know if you guys have checked out my article i will leave that article link on the three main factors of indoor air quality and how I've been sort of testing out this product. And I'm gonna run a bunch more tests with it in the the near future as well and, and tell you guys about them and post them online and whatnot. So the other thing here, guys, is that I used the rapid locking system inside a server room where I had to, I did some brazing outside and then I brought a contraption, like a piping piece that I made up bent it and flared it and all that and then I used the RLS rapid locking system inside the room where I didn't want to braze and it worked out so so well I'm very impressed with the tool so far and its capabilities and if you go to rapid locking system on their Instagram page they posted uh, a 1 and 1 8 fitting that came up to 4157 that's 4157 PSI before bursting and it burst before it's separated from the pipe, which is incredible. And it, that is a very high pressure to burst at, and it didn't separate from the piping whatsoever. So this is gonna be the way of the future, guys. It really is when it comes to pipe fitting. But anyway, check it out, guys. Let's get back to the rest of the podcast. So this last cooler we looked at, this is a big cooler too. This thing's probably like, Man, it's got to be like 70 by 70. It's like a big square box. It's massive. And it goes all the way up to the ceiling in the warehouse. So ceiling's got to be 35 feet, something like that. Anyway, so we walk over to it. It's got like a controls panel with alarm lights. And it automatically switches over to, to the backup if the primary at the time is not holding the box, right? And it switches over at like seven degrees C or something like that because it's supposed to be maintained uh, uh, like between two to eight. So if the primary can't hold it and it, and it hits seven degrees C, it, it switches over. It's, it's something like that off the top of my head. So we walk over, there's an alarm light. Oh, now sometimes these alarm lights come, come on uh, intermittently And what I've done in the past is just reset everything, see what happens. So what we did 
because this building is so big and you actually have to drive around the block like you can't just walk through the building because there's a lot of security metal detectors uh we had to you have to drive around the entire block to get back on the roof the, the process is, is crazy so what we did was we reset the panel so that primary unit came back on it was four and a half degrees at that time so we waited for about an hour hour and a half because this box holds its temperature real well nobody really goes in there that much and the box temperature just kept climbing so we're like there's got to be a problem with that condensing unit so we switched it over manually to the backup instantly well not instantly but within 45 minutes the temperature came down so we knew that condensing unit was running so now we have to troubleshoot that other condensing unit that was originally the primary that didn't seem to be doing the job and went into alarm again backup comes into play here imagine we didn't have the backup we'd be scrambling running around trying to figure out what's going on the customer breathing down our neck a massive box filled with product like fully stocked with nowhere to go like a couple reefer trucks wouldn't hold this thing the amount of product that's in there so it's our job to recognize these things that backup is being that backup is super important and it's our job to recognize when the backups are not running correctly and knowing knowing our building that's why i think it's really important for the same tech to take care of the building the majority of the time it's good for other techs to go in and get familiar with it so if they get a call there they're not going in blind but if the same tech continually does the maintenance there they get a feel for it and they get a handle for it and i think that's how the customer gets the best service from your company is that same tech knowing the building like the back of their hand instead of five techs going in and faking it till they make it and just sort of going through the motions of the contract and not really knowing where everything is and how everything works and getting a real handle on it so i guess the moral of the story here guys is backup is super important when it comes to critical critical equipment right if you're on a tight maintenance super tight maintenance because it's priced competitively to get the work find ways to create work for yourself that doesn't cost the customer a ton of money like troubleshooting troubleshooting labor is it's not a ton of money it's not like you said hey hey listen i'm changing the compressor on <laughs> without a quote no you, you just troubleshoot and then you go ahead and then quote out the big repairs if that's what they want later right and then there's no surprises so that's just kind of a message for you guys on this one and, and sorry guys but i'm i'm driving you might hear some some bumps and and stuff and stuff shaking in the truck but hey as I promote all the time, real HVAC, real life, we're all busy people, and I wanted to get my message out to you guys still, and do it while I'm just sitting in my truck here, right, I might as well be productive sitting in this van, so anyway guys, that's it for now, happy HVACing, thank you to the Master Group once again, I'm out.